Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Good morning, church. My name is Matt Malik. I'm the lead pastor here at Refuge, and we're so honored that you could be with us and, and share Christmas with us this morning. Uh, my intent is to share a little bit with you that will help to inspire you, to encourage you, to really appreciate what Christmas is really all about. Not what the world is made of it, but what it truly is, the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Anyway, our focus this morning is on the greatest gift, and I want to direct you to a passage we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and, and, and just to give you a little backdrop, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the whole chapter is talking about the essence of giving. It's talking about the grace of giving. It's talk about, talking about the planting of seed and, and what we sow and what we harvest, but the scripture closes in that chapter in verse 15, and it reads... Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Let's join our faith together as we pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this opportunity to celebrate Christmas and for its true meaning and purpose, the birth of Jesus Christ. And we thank you that he didn't stay a baby, but he grew up. And he gave his life for us, dying on the cross. And being raised from the dead, he's given us new life. And we're here to celebrate that truth today in Jesus' name. And Father, help us not to diminish the significance of the celebration of the birth of our Messiah. And Father, help us not to divert attention to other things that have nothing to do with Jesus and why he came to rescue lost humanity in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. And so, why do we celebrate Christmas? I'm going to give you two other passages related to why we do this thing. Because some people are misinformed and confused and don't understand the true meaning of why we celebrate Christmas. Isaiah 9, 6, we see in the Old Testament a prophetic word speaking of Jesus. And it reads, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall rest upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Notice the first part of that passage says, For unto us a child is born. And it's not just any child. This was God taking on humanity, taking a human form to be among us. And, and we see other words there that talk about the dynamic of who he is and what he's going to do and what he did and what he came to accomplish. In Luke chapter 2, and we encourage you, you can read the Christmas story, verses 1 through 21. Uh, that's a great tradition to start. I know Deb had shared that um, at some, at, I think at a Christmas party a couple days ago, uh, about a good tradition is to read straight from the Bible the Christmas story, because that brings us back to the Word and brings us back to the focus of what Christmas is all about. But in verses 10 and 11 in Luke chapter 2, this is when the angels had appeared to the shepherds while they were tending their flocks. It says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Amen. Now today, when we talk about the greatest gift, I want to talk about two elements of the greatest gift. The first element is the greatest gift that we can receive. And the second element is the greatest gift that we can give. And we want to spend a little time just talking about that. Because, you know, asking you the question, what comes to mind when you consider the greatest gift? It, isn't it something that we're looking for if we love somebody? And, and, you know, I have kind of a challenge when it comes to, to shopping for my wife because she's very particular. And, and, I, and I know she loves jewelry. I know there's certain things she likes. Um, and, uh, but even just picking the right item, I have to put a lot of thought and effort into it. And because I know that if this doesn't go over, I'm in trouble, you know. <laughs> but so I, I think we're motivated because if we're going to get a good gift for somebody, we need to invest time and we need to invest in, in doing the research or whatever so that you could present that gift out of a heart of love and gratitude. Because so often people give with the wrong motivation. They're giving out of obligation. They're giving because they have to. But giving must get out of the zone of ob obligation and become a demonstration of your heart, your heart's desire to bless another. And, and so the greatest gift, as I says, has two parts. The gift we can receive and the greatest gift that we can give. And, and let's take a look at Romans chapter 6.23. When we consider the greatest gift we can receive... Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I need to note the fact that this gift isn't free. It's free to you and me, but it costs God his very son. A great sacrifice, a great price was paid so that you could have the free gift of eternal life. He made it free for you. See, a gift is free. If you have to pay for a gift, then it's not really a gift. And see, there are some that have the mentality that they have to work for the gift of salvation. And they reduce that gift to a regiment of works and human effort to try to earn salvation. And I tell you, that fails. Because you cannot earn your salvation. Salvation is a gift that's received by faith. Okay? And so you need to accept it. 1 John 4 9. I love this passage because there's a phrase here I want to highlight. It says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world. He sent his only son into this world. Why? So that we might live through him. So the gift that he brought was life so that we could truly live through him. Because if we live through ourselves, we're going to fail. We're going to miss it. We're going to mess up, right? Another passage relating to this, and I'm giving you a foundation here. So there's, there's hope and help and instruction in the word. 
Galatians 1, 3 through 5 says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and the Father and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so, you know, this celebration today is not just one day a year or a couple days a year. It's really an everyday celebration. We celebrate the gift that Jesus gave us, the gift that God gave us, the greatest gift. Now, Ephesians 2.8, another passage, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. So the greatest gift that you can receive is eternal life, which is composed of a lot of things, forgiveness of sins, uh, freedom from fear, the, the strongholds that would cause your life to be captivated by addictions, that is broken so that you can be set free, so that you can be healed in your physical bodies, so that your physical needs can be provided for because God is a faithful provider. So the gift of God, his salvation, includes a whole lot. That's why it's indescribable. Because we can't do it in a message or one sermon. It, it, it's, it's much more than that. In fact, you know, when we think about this, when we think about this, this passage, going back to 2 Corinthians 9.15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The term, or actually inexpressible, another translation says indescribable, the, the New King James, but the ESV says inexpressible. The term inexpressible is defined as not capable of being expressed. In other words, you can't fully express it, Okay. Yet we attempt to do our best, don't we? Yet we are still at a loss for words. Words fail to express or do justice to describe God's gift to us. It really does. See, we're, we are incapable of expressing what we have experienced or what we're experiencing because it's too difficult to describe or to be even conveyed in words. Right? And so... When we see that word, uh, just because it says it's inexpressible, don't at least try to make an attempt to express it, okay? You may fall short, but there's so much more than what you can say that truly encompasses this gift that we've received, okay? Now, when we look at the greatest gift we can give, what is that? You might say, I'm broke, Pastor. I have nothing to give. My life's a mess. But you can give something that I would term the greatest gift. And that is simply to give your life to Jesus Christ. Well, what does that mean? How do I give my life to him? Well, it's an act of surrender. It's an act of committing and entrusting your life to Jesus Christ receiving him as your Lord and Savior, to receive forgiveness of sins, to allow his Lordship rule to, to begin to 
affect your life to where you no longer exclude him or you no longer use his word or his name in profanity, but you use his name in worship. It's amazing because the name of Jesus is the most um, abused word on this planet. It grieves me when I hear people use Jesus Christ as a curse word. Because to me, that name means everything. It's a name that I use to express my worship to God. And so it's not a name that should be used to curse because something goes wrong in your life. Now, maybe I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Repent. If, if, that, if that's come out of your lips, um, it's not good. <laughs> now, so Luke 9.23 I like this passage because this really is about committing your life to Jesus, but there's a cost to it because, again, no gift is free. It's free to the receiver, but it's not free to the giver. It costs you something. So you can give something to God. And here in Luke 9.23, Jesus said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Oh, you mean I need to deny myself? Well, that, that may cost you. Because it means you just can't do what you want to do and, and, and serve your own selfish needs. It means that there's a higher purpose that God's determined for your life when you decide to follow Jesus. Because some people claim to follow Jesus, but their life somehow doesn't measure up. Because a true Christ follower, there will be fruit and evidence that that person is truly following Jesus. It will be evidence in their life. It will cost you something to follow Jesus. In fact, it will cost you everything to give up your life, to give your heart completely over to him. We need to realize that true giving is motivated by love and not selfishness. And see, selfishness is something that we deal with in our life and, and see, I, I've determined in my life that I don't want selfish needs or my selfishness to control me. So I refute selfish tendencies. And you know what the cure for selfishness is? Giving. Oh, that really goes against selfishness because we want to keep, we want to take everything for ourselves. But when we give, we're releasing it to someone else. But what comes from that is a joy and a fulfillment that is amazing. All right. See, the greatest love one can demonstrate is to lay down their life for another. Are you willing to lay down your life for Jesus? Are you willing to give him your all? That's the greatest gift that you can give. The greatest gift you can receive is to receive the gift of eternal life, forgiveness of sins. But the greatest gift that you can give is to lay down your life and give your life to him. See, you can, get, you can give without loving, but you can never love without giving. Did you ever hear that before? And, and in, in, in closing this message, as I, I wrap this up, I want to talk about the gift exchange. Because what I've just described, the, the greatest gift we can receive and the greatest gift that we can give, that's... A gift exchange. You know, some of you think you may have come up with that idea. And, and I tell you, there was one time, in fact, 
Uh, yesterday, we celebrated Christmas with Deb and her family. We were up in Marathon, actually. Just it was a wonderful time because just a few months ago, we didn't think that Deb's mom would be with us. But she's a living miracle. And we celebrated another Christmas with her, and, and it, we didn't miss a beat. The family came together to help her prepare the meal and get everything ready. You know, she puts together these um, containers or these tubs, and, and I can barely lift it. It's so heavy. But she does that for all, all the families. And, and so she had somebody help her, uh, Deb's sister and, and uh, fiancé helped to get all that stuff together so that we could have a pretty normal Christmas because Jean just got home from the sister living home uh, about 10 days ago. And, you know, usually when you go into assisted living, that's where you finish out your days. And generally people don't improve. They, they tend to get worse. But she's improved and she's home and, and it's, it's wonderful. I'm so thankful. Amen. We give God the glory for that. But one time with the gift exchange, years ago, we would get the name of one of her brothers, or, and so we'd do this thing, and, and so somehow my name got lost, <laughs> and it never got given to whoever was supposed to take it, so we were supposed to spend $50 for that person, and I drew the name, I got the name, and I got my shopping done, and I always like to go a little over the 50, and not, I don't want to be a cheapskate, you know, and so... I'm there at the house, and everybody gets their gifts. And I'm just like, where's mine? Where's mine? It was never there, you know. And I, well, I don't need a gift. Not, I'm, you know, that's fine. I don't need anything. But, you know, I, I realized I was anticipating that gift. And I left that place, and I was feeling pretty bad. So um, remember that, honey? She was consoling me, of course, you know. But... She said, it's okay, it's okay. I, I said, I know it's okay, but, you know, everybody else is opening up gifts, and, and it's, you know, and I'm just sitting there, this is nice, I can enjoy everybody <laughs> else getting their gifts, so, yeah, that only happened one time, okay? Yeah, so when we consider the gift exchange, first of all, have you ever participated in one of those? Mm-hmm, okay, a few of you. Um, have you ever been disappointed because of what you received in your exchange? Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we need to understand that God established this gift exchange that's inspired by him. He authored it. In the exchanges, he gave his life. And he took our sin. He took our shame. He took our fear. He took our sickness. He took our disease. And he gave us what he had. The greatest gift exchange is what we receive when, when we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, we need to understand that the true essence of redemption is exchange. Now, redemption means to buy back or to restore back to favor with that which was lost. And we as humanity have been lost. we became lost because of Adam's sin right from the Garden of Eden. And that sin stayed with us through all these generations and corrupted the human race. Redemption was Jesus getting it all back so that humanity could be restored in right relationship with the Father. 
And, and so realize, let me, let me define for you the word redeem before we bring this to close. To ex- Merriam-Webster actually defines redeem as to exchange for something of value. It could be redeeming your trading stamps or something like that. Oh, to free from what distresses or harms. That's what redeem means, according to Webster. It means to free from captivity by payment or ransom, of, of a ransom, where somebody pays you away, out of, they bail you out of jail, something like that. Redeem means to release from blame or debt. And I believe the greatest definition we see here is to free from the consequences of sin. Jesus redeemed us from the consequences of sin. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 says, You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. See, he took our sin and he gave us his righteousness the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that he, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Amen. He took our sin and exchanged it for his righteousness. That's amazing. Something we couldn't earn, work for, or even deserved. He gave us his righteousness. Righteousness is simply the, the capacity to live right and do right. And to be in right relationship with God. That's what righteousness is. 1 John 2 2 says, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. As we close, the worship team can come up at this time, and, and we have a few more songs we're gonna worship. You wonder what those candles are sitting there? They'll be explained in the moment. Uh, don't have your kid chew on them. I, <laughs> I, I won't hurt them, but, you know, you know, wax, I guess, is what it is. It's in a lot of the food you eat, you know, but, <clears throat> yeah, just look at the ingredients. Just read down there. You say, wax? Oh, no. They call it something else, but, you know. So what is God speaking to you through this message this morning? Think about that for a moment. And one of the things, a, a phrase that came to me yesterday while I was in prayer, uh, and this is, almost like a prayer. It is a prayer, actually. As we say this to God, help me to live my life to honor and please you, not grieve you. You know, we're we're getting ready to finish out a year and we're going to start a brand new year. And we need to determine to live our life to honor him and to please him, not to grieve him. As we began this year, one of the things the Lord gave me is is a challenge to this congregation that we need to focus and commit this year not to quench the Holy Spirit or not to grieve the Holy Spirit. When we quench the Holy Spirit, we're limiting what He's capable of doing in our life. I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. I want Him to have free access to do whatever He needs to do in me and through me. And to to grieve the Holy Spirit is, is to do things in your life that is not consistent with godly character. To allow things in your life that grieve Him because it's not fitting with the character of a true Christ follower. And, and so as we conclude this service, 
not only do we need to commit to receive the greatest gift, but we need to enter this gift exchange with God and give our life fully to Him. Now, you might say, well, I'm a Christian. I've been serving God. Well, we want to give you an opportunity because maybe there's some people here that have never really totally surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. And in this time, in this moment, you can do that because I extend an invitation for you to receive what Jesus came to do when he was born in a manger in the city of Bethlehem almost 2,000 years ago. He came with a mission to redeem you, to save you, to bring you into right relationship with him, to give you the gift of eternal life. Will you receive that? with every head bowed, every eye closed right now in this moment. If you're here and you say, Pastor, you know, I, I've never really totally surrendered my life to Jesus. Or maybe you've kind of drifted straight away and now you really feel the Spirit of God moving upon your heart to reconnect and recommit your life to Him. If that's you this morning on either one of those counts, slip up your hand and I'm going to pray for you. We're going to actually pray together to totally surrender and commit your life to Jesus Christ. You can start out fresh. You can start out brand new because Jesus will give you a new heart. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. God does a supernatural work on the inside of you. He changes you from the inside out. So powerful, so profound indescribable the work that only he can do in a human life anyone ready and willing to surrender just hold up those hands okay let's pray this prayer together let's stand up in fact let's pray this prayer together Heavenly Father I humble myself in your presence and I ask you to forgive me of my sins I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me born of a virgin. He lived his life to serve your purpose. And he died in my place. And he rose from the dead to give me life. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I put my faith in you. I receive you. I receive you as the greatest gift. In Jesus' name. And now I give my life as my gift back to you in this great exchange. Amen. Now I save the best for last in this message. The greatest gift is not anything that's an object or an item or a thing. The greatest gift is a person person of Jesus Christ. Just as in marriage, the greatest gift to me is Pastor Deb, Deb, my wife. She's a gift to me, and I'm a gift to her. The greatest gift is always a person. It's not a thing. We give our lives to God. We give our lives to serve one another. Thank you so much this morning. God bless you.
Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.